0: We
1: are so happy to have back with us in the studio, Hampshire College professor and astronomer Salman Hamid. This is Salman Hamid's universe, and your universe is having a real explosion of information and events, breaking news from outer space, and... You shared with me yesterday an article, a New York Times article, about private companies from the United States sending out missions to land on asteroids to mine metals, and I think bring them back. Really, this is—it I, 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 was—I it was, was gobsmacked. Help me understand what is going out th- on out there in the universe.
2: Professor, well, uh, thank you, uh, Bill. And I, I should mention the back part, bringing it back. Part is not there yet. Ah, I feel, uh, okay. and although last year there was a um, sort of like a piece of an asteroid was was brought back, the Osiris Rex mission. So that I think, uh, so that was a NASA mission, and that was a science mission. That was a mission which brought back half a pound of material which people are analyzing, trying to see. And by people, I mean scientists. I mean, (laughs) scientists are people too. That's what I say. (laughs) So that is being analyzed. That's a bumper sticker to me. (laughs) But, uh, But alongside with that, and I think this is why I wanted to talk a little bit about that. How do we think about commercial space? A lot of the missions are... Uh, NASA is also, I mean, it has done previously also, but now in particular, a lot of uh, missions are contracted out to companies like SpaceX and things like that. But I should mention SpaceX is not the only one. There are a lot of other companies. SpaceX being Elon Musk's. Elon Musk's company. Uh, But right now, this particular story, the interesting part was this is a company uh, called Astroforge, and what they are planning on doing is to send a mission to an asteroid. And it's a metal-rich asteroid. Now you think your question would be, wait a minute, okay, so which asteroid they're going to? And in the article that you shared with me, I learned
1: there are something like 300,000 or 30,000?
2: Yeah. How many asteroids? There are a lot of asteroids out there. There are a lot of asteroids, but the thing is that they are not telling us which asteroid they are sending the mission to. They want to keep it secret. And that has... I mean, that raises interesting questions about it. Uh, so first of all, my first in- initial reaction was like, wait a minute, aren't there any regulations about sending a mission where you're not telling actually sort of like, you know, that where it's going to go? Well, as it turns out, uh, the United Nations has sort of like, you know, a rough, I mean, it, I mean it wants people to actually tell uh, you know, other con- countries as well where things are going, private companies and nations. But once it's out in space, it turns out, The regulations are a bit lax. People ignore them often. And so this company is sending its spacecraft on top of another mission that is going to the moon. It's by Intuitive uh, Machines. Uh, We can actually talk about it a little bit later. That's going to be in uh, February And this will be on top of it. So while it is on the way to the moon, you mean physically on top of it? Well, I mean, yeah, it it will be part of that, and then it's going to get launched from there. That's the reason we don't know where it's going because after that, it's going to go and uh, and and sort of like you know to this um, asteroid, which we don't know which one is it.
1: Now. Where is? I mean, it's. I don't want directions, and I don't want to Google Map it. But up, where is up, this asteroid? Bill, up. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we're at we're at a level I can understand now. I appreciate that.
2: No, so so we do know uh, there are some. Uh, so some astronomers have actually narrowed down the choices because they do want. I mean, this is. Near the Earth, and there are a lot of asteroids that are, small asteroids that are close to the Earth. These are near Earth asteroids, and they also are looking at a relatively small one, around 300 foot or smaller asteroid, and it's a metal rich. So people can how actually how do they how
1: do they know it's metal rich, and what's the point of this?
2: You can actually figure out its composition. Partly by how bright it is. Metal-rich asteroids are a little bit brighter. You can also look at what is called a spectroscopy, so they can actually uh, look at sort of like its composition as well. Uh, But the reason why they are interested in a metal-rich asteroid is because it is rich in metals. uh, And they can think that potentially it can have precious metals, like, for example, iridium, which uh, can potentially be (coughs) profitable. Is the
1: idea to be able to bring these metals back? I mean, That's
2: what they are trying to do. So this mission is uh, is a test that they can actually process some metals out there. They're not right now bringing it back. They are just trying to test the concept that they can get there relatively cheaply and can potentially at some point can bring it back, n- not, with, not with this mission, but at a later mission. It's a private company. It's for profit. Salman Hamid, is it possible
0: that there are metals that we don't know of? <laughs> Could, could our periodic table be expanded by what's sitting out there in space?
2: Not the, That's an interesting question. Not the periodic table, but there is a possibility that there may be more abundance, for example, of a particularly rare metals. I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, but it's also that we may find uses of certain metals that we may not have yet. So th- those are possibilities.
0: Is it possible that by not being able to compel... Uh, these adventures these uh, these businesses to let us know what they're doing that they could be bringing back things which we don't uh, which could
2: infect us could cause harm Well that is shouldn't this be regulated is my question right oh, no, I don't know I actually think it should be regulated no matter what like you know because uh, some astronomers are concerned that these type of metal uh, these type of asteroids are actually considered that they are leftover cores of protoplanets in the early from the solar system. So they actually have a scientific value. So before you mine it, for example, I mean, it has a pure scientific value because it tells us about our origins. The thing that you're asking actually is also important. What if it has some kind of uh, life forms in there, which is a possibility. And so back contamination is really important. I actually think that once we get to that stage that if they say they want to bring it back, that would be heavily regulated because, uh, because uh, United Nations and NASA and everybody else has sample return missions have actually a lot of restrictions. But the problem is right now that, well, there are a lot of regulations that don't exist. So, for example, which where they are going, they don't have to tell you. Uh, they can. They are saying that. Well, we will actually not keep it secret once we are there, and we're going to share information, so and so forth. Yes, but that is out of their good graces, not because out of a system.
1: Who owns the asteroid? Does this company show up and say it's ours? Well, so. Th- and, and, when, and when you're answering that, could you also tell me? How far away is this thing, and is it circling the Earth? And does it? I mean, it's it will- not
2: circling the Earth; it's circling the solar system, uh, the Sun. But it is close to Earth's orbit that they can actually get there within a year. So it's not; they're not going that far. NASA right now has a mission to another metal asteroid called Psyche, but they're going to get there in 2029 because that is actually quite farther away. The question that you asked about who owns the asteroid that is at the heart of what is going on and why we should all be very concerned and that has to do with the moon as well who owns the moon uh, because you, the only treaty that all space treaty that all countries signed was in 1967 the outer space treaty in which it was explicitly stated that no nation can own a heavenly body it be it a moon asteroids comets planets planets you cannot own it as a nation, but there is a loophole which everybody assumed that it doesn't exist because at that time commercial space wasn't there. But the loophole was that well, what about companies? So you still cannot own it, but President Obama in 2015 had a authorization that suggested uh, it was. I think it was it was then signed by it was a congressional authorization where it authorized American companies. That If they mine something, they can actually make profit off of the thing that they have mined. So they may not still own the moon. They may not still own the asteroid. But if they have mined something from it, they can keep that and they can make profit off of that. And that is something that is going to get challenged in uh, because that is the issue of the moon as well. NASA recently, I'm not making this up, in 2022, I think, uh, they signed a contract with a company, Texas-based company for a dollar, and they asked this company to take some regolith from one, part, from, from one place on the moon and move it just to another because they want to show, they want to test this law, that if they actually remove the regolith and put it to another place... Remove the what? The, the, the lunar soil, okay. basically. What's it called? A regolith. And so, it's, so they remove it. Once it has been dug out or moved, what? Who owns that regolith, or what can you do with the regolith or the soil, the lunar soil? We've we've learned that so is, little. I mean, it used to be Pizarro
0: and Cortez and Ponce de Leon, and we had these battles. Whether the Dutch owned, you know, something they were colonizing a, a country to be in Africa, or or. Uh, Portugal owned it, and uh, those battles seem to still be going on.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think that maybe uh, uh, I think it may still be a better way if the Pope decides, like you know, which half of the sky gets to whom. <laughs> but, but I want Salman Hamid, to make this decision. <laughs> but but here is the thing: what if another company goes to the same asteroid? Who decides? Well, that is not settled. Which countries, whose space companies that are registered in the US versus China or versus uh, Luxembourg, for example, which actually uh, is a big space uh, country in there, who decides those things? It hasn't been decided. And I, so. I think we should
0: just flip the scenario. As Bill Newman is always pondering what's going to happen when alien life forms are discovered. One alien not uh, not always. F- <laughs> I, I I have a, I have room for a few other thoughts. But one okay. alien life form is going to come here and say, "I own Northampton." And another one said, "No, we got here first, and let's look at the battle that way." Yeah. It, it,
1: in this regard, quite seriously, the the issue of who owns the resources when it comes to the moon is an extremely contentious issue because the moon can be a a a a, 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 a place where rockets are sent, it has a military potential use, as well as a space exploration use, and who can control what may be frozen water and have the ability to live on the moon? That's a very real issue,
2: right? Yeah, so so frozen water, because it's it's mostly in the pole, polar regions, and both uh, the American alliance, which is called the Artemis, and the Chinese alliance, uh, they're both planning on having a base settlement on the south pole, pole of the moon. And again, that's where a lot of the frozen water is. And frozen water is crucial for uh, for those settlements. And so how do we decide that? And this is, I think, we can all say sort of like, hey, here is a mission that's going to an asteroid. They have kept it secret, da 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 But I think this is where it becomes really important because this is happening next month. Like, this may go next month. On the moon, the set, uh, the, there are a lot of missions, and maybe we'll talk about it, there are a lot of missions going to the moon um, and a lot of unmanned missions right now, but then there are also human missions also going to the moon. These are issues that are going to determine the future of humanity in space because these, like, for example, the Outer Space Treaty, it is going to get tested. And once the precedence has been set So right now, this is why something like this mining issue, which is happening. So nobody is stopping it. Nobody, I mean, we are talking about it here, but nobody's saying, wait a minute. Maybe they should think about it. No, this is going up in February. And on the moon issue, the settlements are being planned. Artemis mission, uh, which will send uh, Americans to the moon, that is going expected in 2027. We don't know about Chinese plans, but they have said that it's going to be before 2030, and so these are issues that are right now being decided. And I think I take that actually quite seriously because if we, if we, if there are objections, if there are questions about, wait a minute, who owns them? Seriously, I mean, like you know, is this something that we should be concerned about? This, this is, is the time. talk the talk. I would even with say Bill that. Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. You're listening to Talk the Talk
1: with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. WHMP. We continue our conversation with Hampshire College professor and astronomer Salman Hamid. We are exploring what will happen in outer space and very near us very soon. And we're talking specifically about a private company's mission to an asteroid, to a metal-rich asteroid, to see what's there in the hopes of turning that information into profit how many asteroids are there close to the earth that are subject to this kind of exploration and what's the reality of bringing back those metals
2: yeah so so for example for the type of uh, sort of like you know the nearby and again that's what we will be looking for because asteroids are full of it i mean our solar system is full of asteroids there is no shortage of it Around the There Earth, are millions
1: of asteroids.
2: Even more than that. I, you know, these are pieces of rocks. I billions, mean, asteroids are, are like. Billions and, billions. <laughs> like you know, yeah. and there is an asteroid belt between, um, uh, between Mars and Jupiter that is basically a planet that didn't form. But these, the target here, are the ones that are close to the Earth. Now, they have been of interest, especially for astronomers, because they are the ones that can potentially crash on Earth as well. And so they have been... The kind of thing that gives dinosaurs nightmares. Well, yeah, although that would, may have been a comet. So there are bigger ones also that can cry... Or an asteroid, but those are bigger ones. But there can also be smaller ones like the Great Meteor Crater in Arizona. So those are the ones that can crash once every 10,000 years or so. And, and that can create... I mean, it can destroy a city and it can, it can still create a lot of problems. So NASA was given a mandate in the 1990s to, by the Congress to actually identify Earth-threatening asteroids. And a lot of them are the ones that are close to the Earth. Some of, Many of them actually cross Earth's orbit as well. But we just hope that they don't cross the Earth's orbit when Earth is there. I mean, you know, Earth's <laughs> orbit is pretty big. I mean, they can keep on crossing. We don't, we don't mind that. So in this particular case, there are close to about 30,000 such asteroids close to the Earth. And uh, for the metal-rich ones, you can actually close it down to about a few hundred. And so metal-rich ones are not as common. There are other ones, uh, and so so yeah. So those those are there, and that's that's what the target is for.
1: And so they they are in Earth's orbit. They're going,
2: they're going around the sun. They're going. They are in the same orbit as the Earth, or close to it.
1: I see. And how far away are they?
2: Depends on within. I mean, they could be very. They could be relatively close, or they could be farther away because the Earth's orbit is going around the sun, so it is farther away. But so, so uh, explain this. How does a rocket ship
1: manage to land on this r- relatively small uh, piece of rock? Yeah,
2: yeah that. Well, that is amazing. And that is when we saw last time with OSIRIS-REx or the Japanese mission as well that has gone there. That is incredibly hard because you have to catch up to the asteroid. It, either way, whether you are sort of like going towards it or catching it up. And then you have to match your speed you have to slow down and because the asteroid is small it has very little gravity and you have to be really like and and these things are happening sort of like you know a few million uh, hundreds of millions of kilometers away and they're moving like at what 40,000 miles and they're moving very fast so it's very very hard no question about that and that's and so that is actually quite amazing on how to do that but in this particular case so that's a, a little bit in the future And again, I'm just saying little bit, but we don't know how much. But what they would like to do in theory is to potentially bring the asteroid closer. If it's smaller, so if it's a few hundred feet, right? I mean, that's not a big asteroid. You try to bring it closer to the Earth. If it's in a similar orbit, you can slow it down. You can speed it up. That would be the idea behind it because that will make it cheaper. Now, I mean, as you can imagine, uh, what if sort of like, you know, can something go Oof. bad and things like that? Yeah, Oof. and, you know, so of course those are issues that are there, but it has never happened. We have never, humans have never made mistakes, so it should be okay. <laughs> 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 Professor Hamid, I,
0: I I, think I have a really big question. that I, Even pondering it, I don't even know how to articulate it well, but you live in this universe, in quotes. We all do. But. <laughs> yeah, but in this particular one, you have thought about these issues. So, I don't think anybody, um, not motivated by greed, would disagree that we should acquire as much knowledge as possible before we endeavor to mine uh, heavenly bodies and and to uh, and the like. Right? And you are uh, your, your business is knowledge about the universe. How do we know how much knowledge is required? We should have acquired before we start doing things like the pragmatic, you know, uh, mining of metals in space? When do you know when you've reached that point where, okay, we know enough?
2: Well, that's a big question. I mean, well, I mean, as a scientist, I mean, the answer would be like, you know, you never know that, right? I mean, because you can always find it. But I think there is a base level tension in terms of fundamental science, basic science versus profit-driven science and even when some companies can say oh but you know you're going to learn a lot but as i mentioned because the primary purpose for them is profit they are primarily beholden to the shareholders and not for the purposes of science so if there is ever a question hey do we like you know uh, compromise in terms of science they don't have any obligation to do that and as i mentioned and this often comes up with debates right now in the U.S. as well. That well, what does the government do for me, or whatever? Like you know, the foundations of it are often, if not always, based upon something that was funded by the government and that was by in the taxpayers. basic science by taxpayers. And so, so like this asteroids, how do they know about these asteroids because of a state-funded, of federal-funded programs? But when it comes down to taking advantage of it, they go like, "Well, we don't have to share it, because we are only responsible for the shareholders." So I think this discrepancy is the problem, and we get uh, and in, order, in response to your big question, I'll give you a big answer or, or, that's a, or with another question. Do we think of space as a fundamentally different arena where we define how humans are going to behave? Or do we say, you know, space is going to be as messy as we are here on Earth, politically, culturally, and in all and commercially, and all of those things. Here is a chance for us to redefine, hey, space gives us such amazing perspective looking back at the Earth and so on and so forth. We come in for all mankind or humankind. With space commercialization, this type of profit motivations, that will ensure we do not change when we go to space. Now,
1: there's a New Year's resolution for us. Or it allows, you can see the next kid on Santa's lap. What would you like? I'd like an asteroid. (laughs) 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 Professor Astronomer Salman Amit, thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP.